Hey everybody, you're back with Dave and Ed, and this is To The Death Podcast. Episode 16, today we talk to Chris Cybello, a Marcelo Garcia black belt. Number 21. Chris is a longtime training partner of ours. He started at George's, he was one of George's first students. If you're not following along and you don't know what that means, it is Team Henzo Gracie Denville. Yes. So we talk about Chris's past, where he came up from, and just, you know, the background story. We also got into a really good argument. Not me, Ed, because he's the confrontational one. He likes to argue, and him and uh, Chris got into a very good argument yeah. about half guard. Yes. This podcast contains strong negative content about half guard. Listening discretion is advised. So <laughs> Ed did bring up some good points. Chris brought up some other good points, and there may have been a role that you will hear more about later on. He got me worked up. I was really worked up. So you guys are going to hear me getting a little bit flustered. Also, Dave was helping stoke the flames because he wasn't agreeing with me. But that's fine. Gas on the fire. Yeah, so you guys are going to listen and you can hear and make up your own minds about it. But uh, it was a great interview. It was great talking to Chris. And I'm going to train with him tomorrow night again. So that's going to be fun. Anything else about this episode you want to talk about? Yes. For all of our listeners, I just want you to know that from here on out, Half Guard will be called Pit Stop. And stay (laughs) tuned for Ed's Pit Stop, Beginner Pit Stop Instructional on YouTube. We're going to start working on that. It's going to be available free on YouTube. And now that I've put it out there to everyone, he's actually going to have to stay motivated and work on this. i got to live up to this now. I am going to push you along because I feel that this is something that you can do really well. And there's no reason that it shouldn't be out there for everybody to see. Yeah, but can't you tell the people out there, you know, how I've been doing these past couple of weeks training? I, I am impressed with Ed. But somehow... As impressed as I am with Ed, every night he says that he's tired or he doesn't have the cardio. He has been training consistently since we reopened, and somehow he has not built up any cardio. Oh, a little bit. I built up a little cardio, nothing much. He can go three minutes and five seconds now. No, the problem is diet. I mean, people talk about it all the time, but what you put in your body, (laughs) it's going to affect the way you perform. And I have been just putting pure garbage still, and uh, I'm seeing the results of it. (laughs) (laughs) so uh what are you down to or up to now i just been hovering around 206 these past couple weeks i just can't i'm not losing it still good progression you were like 220 two weeks ago no i was not i was gary saw you he is a professional fitness instructor (laughs) and he says that you were 220 no he was just being mean just like you you guys like to poke the bear literally i'm fat yeah but all right I got a little momentum now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tighten up on the diet a little bit, and then we'll start seeing more progress. But I have been on the mat, so that's step one. you got to at least give me credit for that. And I am. I'm giving you a, definitely giving you credit for the work you're putting in. I want to see you build up some more cardio. Let's get this YouTube pumping and keep these podcasts coming out. All right. So Is that the catalyst what? for your motivation? The lately? podcast has definitely been motivating me to train because, you know, all we're doing is talking about it. So we just finished another interview that we'll talk about later and it was just getting me motivated and hearing people talk about jujitsu from their perspective and how it enhanced their life, it's really making me want to do it more and to spread more that way. You know what? We should try and find someone that jujitsu has impacted their life negatively. Well, people that get injuries or people that have staph infections that have almost killed them. I've had a friend that I started with that won't train anymore because he got staph twice. He actually went to the hospital and almost died from it. I don't know if we should talk about it. I was kidding when I said that. I'm not kidding. It's a, No, no. That People should know about it. There's dangers yes, there's for sure. There's certainly dangers. But now I'm guessing that the time that your friend got staph was when 
it was first popping up in our area. So nobody knew what it was. So he yeah. probably had a little itch and scratched at it for like three weeks before it became life-threatening. No, sure. It was it was out. around 2008, 2009. So yeah. that's when we were still fresh and new. Right. And yeah, there, now, was, there wasn't defense soap like all over the place and stuff. So now we know how to be more hygienic. The schools are definitely more hygienic than they were 10, 15 years ago. Right. And if you get a bump on your leg, you don't ignore it for three weeks now. Now you're like, okay, I trained jujitsu and there are these skin infections out there. I should go get that checked out but before it becomes something for sure even i mean we're not doctors but if you show your teacher something we've seen staff from many different people we know we can give you a good yeah, idea I'll about what's you, happening that's staff that's in Pentago, that's ringworm that's if you're just dirty take a shower <laughs> dr uh, dave all right enough of this me. disgusting stuff let's get into this interview i had a good time even though he got me worked up i hope people are on my side and if you're not we'll talk about it after well, secretly, I was on your side, Ed, but I definitely had to pour that gas. I want to keep the content going. I want to keep you guys the energy Don't lie, high. though. That's a lie, though. It, no, it wasn't a lie. It's a lie by omission. No, because... While we were talking, if you don't hear when I start talking about, well, Ed's not going to let that. Ed's going to because he's got the grips. Are you because you were the getting gi? worked up a little bit too? Tell because me, I knew down. that some of it was like that doesn't even sound <laughs> no, no. All right, we're not pooping on you, Chris. We love you. No, I was happy to have Chris. I was happy to have him come and train. We're going to be training together more often. He's going to also help me prep for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into it. I hope you guys enjoy. This is To the Death Podcast, Episode Sixteen. Did you even look at the Google Drive? Didn't even look at it. Did Have you prepared at all for this? I took my pills. <laughs> Chris, do you have any questions for us? Yeah, yeah, how about we switch this around? You interview us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we're gonna, let's just start at the beginning, all right? So we all started start with George's. Start at the beginning. But when did you start? Because when I got there, you already got stripes on your blue belt, which was, you know, back in the day, that wasn't, not that many people had stripes on their blue belt. I started jiu-jitsu when I was 22. Year, give us a year. Don't be so like me. What are you talking about? Just what? be nice. Can't have your calculator. Because uh, George opened. George opened ago. in November of 2004. He said. I was one of his first students. Oh, if, you were one of the first. If not the yeah, I remember I walked into his place and I was like, uh, I'm like, if you could promise me that you'll stay open, I'll sign up right now. And he was like, uh, I promise. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Oh, he's like, that's the point, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. So wait, you you grew up in the area? <laughs> no. Um, I grew up uh, like Union City, Jersey City, okay. North Bergen. Denver. City boy. Wait, so how'd you find out about him? Like, did you know George before that? Well, hang on. Where were you living at the time? I thought. Yeah. George no, he's was commuting up. from Jersey City all the way up here to train in Denville. Does that yeah. make any sense, Ed? George was like school number something. I, like, I started. How did this start? I was a lifelong martial artist, like a. Uh, Taekwondo and, and nobody wants to hear about that stuff though. No, yeah. I want to hear about it. Bad judo. Bad judo. Oh, yeah, judo. Okay. There we go. Now we're talking uh, a little bit. Like it was, it was a little mixed for for what it was, and uh, and and then um and like sparring, like full contact sparring and stuff. Real sparring. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Taekwondo school. I, I would do what I do now. I take like my mom would drop me off. I take three classes a day, like five, six, seven. Oh, days you were week. addicted to yeah, it. Yeah, always. Fantastic. Yeah, I just loved it so much, and uh, I loved martial arts movies so much so that contributed i'm Van sure Dan? yeah yeah and well, like you say 
Van Dam. Oh, Van Dam. He's my favorite for sure. Uh, Were you doing splits and stuff? Yeah, on, on chairs. <laughs> oh, you don't remember how flexible Chris was? Are you still that flexible? Not as no. You were like ridiculous. I was like, how does he do that? Splits, yeah. arms behind your head. Yeah, you got to like, you got to stretch stuff. every day to keep yeah, that. Yeah. You can't and just I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, during the quarantine, I was trying to get it back. Get, get back, and I, and I got like pretty close you just saw the lunatic over here with that little stretchy <laughs> jobber thing i don't know what it's called but he was using it he yeah. uses the thing every day so you get you're around schools in that area union like we moved around to rutherford first and then uh I, I was just doing like swimming and all that stuff i remember i was walking up the street and there was this guy named uh ish ishmael he remembers me and we start talking and he's like oh yeah you know um i'm training some guys down in this in this gym like a basement thing um it probably fit four people uh, one being the coach, <laughs> that was it. And then, uh, and he told me I was fat, and and he wouldn't train me until I got in shape. So I, I remember I, uh, I traded one of his uh, students, who was a personal trainer, a tattoo to get me like in shape. So after a couple months, like I got beautiful, to, I got to train with these guys. I love bartering. Yeah, so it was good. Um, but then they, uh, you know, like really tough school, like you know, just it was about. Was fun. it mostly nogi, or you were mixing it? Yeah, mostly uh, nogi. Um, he was a. Uh, crew and muay thai so it was like kickboxing it was kind of like mixed so you know i was happy i was finally training jujitsu i think he was involved with uh frank chamrock's the younger one yes because uh, ken's the older yeah, one. yeah ken's the older one yep um so it was like catch wrestling i guess but still i, I didn't care i was like I'm, I'm training this is awesome so me and ish are training and and uh it's cool and like he's in this little hole in the wall basement and then all of a sudden he loses the space right he, I, I don't know if he's not paying rent or whatever I leave there. I end up at a Julio Rodriguez school. At the time, he was like a, a Santos Brothers purple belt. Now he's like a second or uh, maybe first or second degree black belt. At that time, like blue belts were like black belts. You know, like if you were a blue belt, that was like right. awesome. And uh, so he was a purple belt. So that was pretty crazy. So you're saying this is like around 2000? About, yeah. It was cool. And, and like it was really lenient, I guess. Like I, um, sometimes like Julio just wouldn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you feel this is more of like a fly-by-night operation? Than no, a, yeah, it was so new. Like everybody, yeah. everybody's just opening schools and I mean, maybe they made it. Like no, it's like in tattooing, right? Um, there was tattoo shops and then there was the guys that started running it like business. Like right, 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 okay. And then uh, things would evolve from there. So we're still in like wild, the Wild West. You know? Right. So around 2004 is when you came to Real World, which was is now Team Henso Gracie Denville. And is that when your training really started to like become formal? Uh, consistent. Consistent. Like the most okay. consistent. Because like Julio's school fell through, got invited to the Nijitsu school, got got into a fight with one of their guys, <laughs> like full on fight. Like I had to get broken up. And then uh. Um, then somewhere, um, I, I think I ended up at Guerrero school and there was something going on over there. And then like, then I just stopped cause I was like, this is insane. Like this is, and there was a, oh, there was a guy named Caesar. He was a brown belt, uh, that was in, um, uh, West orange, like in, in some attic part of the gym with three guys. And then, uh, Armando Basalto, I ended up at his school for a little while in Edgewater. He was a Hoyler brown belt and they had uh, French kickboxing. Okay. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, Savat. And uh, that's cool. I just took the pounding. Like, um, they'd haze you. Like, if you couldn't handle it, you couldn't train there. That's actually where I met uh, Marcus Duarte. Okay. Yeah, that's where our love affair started. <laughs> He's such a great guy. Do I know who that is? No, you don't because you don't know who anybody is. <laughs> Subforce. Marcus from Subforce? No, he doesn't know who that uh, is. Show the art. Uh, I know that, what that is. Marcus and Abe. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but a uh, great guy. I mean, we're still friends. 
Um, and then, you know, uh, took a time off, met my wife, uh, you know, she introduced me to George cause he was getting tattooed at Shotzi's. Okay. <laughs> All right. There we go. So yeah. you meet George tattooing and then you go to his school. I went to his school and, uh, started there. It was me, uh, Dan Fryer, the yep. strongest lawyer yep. in the world. Uh, first still blue the, belt I ever saw. Still the strongest. Kemmel came later, but he was like number three or four. And then, uh, Piotr, I think, okay. I think we were the first four. Like official, you know. I got my blue belt from George. Uh, spent some time at Ricardo Almeida's school. Yep, I remember when you left to go down there. What what happened there? You were uh, you relocated, right? Yeah, um, a friend of mine had a tattoo shop, and I, I helped. You know, I kind of partnered with him, and but it was okay. down to shore, and then um, I ended up at Ricardo's, and and uh, man, I, w- I would drive an hour and a half uh, there and back. Cause to they, Ricardo's. Yeah, every day because they had black belts there, and I've never experienced that, you know, before. So uh, yeah, every day. <laughs> an hour and a half so I never want to hear it when people are like oh you're too far it's 45 minutes like, it's too far bro stop it's too far Ed doesn't want to drive here it's 15 minutes <laughs> no, t- it took me a half hour late because of traffic you should have left earlier Chris was here waiting for me Chris how much traffic did you sit in <laughs> there was a spot <laughs> or three I don't know. so let's go back to so 2004 you start training you get regular training this is when you got introduced to the gi or you done that before I hated the gi and I had no idea there was tournaments at all. Like I, I was under the impression that I was going to fight bare knuckle, like Valley Tudo, and and like I was learning to fight, and that's it. You know, I did. I had no idea. I was really surprised when George told me there was like tournaments and that we should compete in them. I, I was like, I don't know what what that is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, nobody would know what anything was back then. Yeah. You had to be introduced to everything. Yeah, I remember he, he had a yeah. George had like a like a, a display case full of VHS videos. That yeah, you, we talked about r- this. That you could rent, rent out. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I went. I blew through that that display case like it was nobody's business. But you know, again, like going back to the Taekwondo stuff, like I wanted to be like a Gracie representative, like quote unquote, right? That they kept talking about. And I, w- I wanted to like beat these guys up and like, you know, kind of revenge myself. You know? So now, uh, did you watch Choke? I did. Did yeah. you enjoy it? I did. Yeah, I liked Ugh. it. What was Choke? You didn't watch Choke? With uh, Hicks and Gracie? No. It was not very good. He said it was good. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and there was Gracie's in action too. Yeah, I, I watched saw that. Uh, yeah, I, so I went through the same case that you went through. I every single there's like conga drums and one. the lions were taking yeah. deer down. <laughs> 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 it was awesome. <laughs> but uh, high school was wonky too because high school uh, I didn't get like bullied per se until high school, and I had a lot of problems in high school. So uh, so that added to it too. You know, I wanted to learn how to fight, and I knew I knew I could see how effective it was. You know, because I was already exposed to. A little bit of judo and, and martial arts, you know, so. So now since then, you have done how many MMA fights? Actual in the cage with gloves on MMA fights? Uh, one one amateur. One amateur? And then um, I did a one Valley Tudo, uh, one, like, just kickboxing. And you did a bare knuckle too, right? Yeah, just a no rules, like, Valley Tudo fight. Yeah. Okay. Just for, for the belt, like, automatic title shot. <laughs> 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 um, there you go. And I, and I got it, yeah. So I won. And then you you've competed a lot for jiu-jitsu as well right a lot yeah how many times roughly just take a guess over 50 under 50 over 100. over 50 over definitely. 50 over 100 uh, maybe not okay. maybe close to 100 well right. i want to go back to george's for when we started so when i came in you were one one of the few blue belts in the school and you actually had stripes on your belt most of the blue belts just got promoted when i got there and uh, one of the things that stuck with me when we first started rolling was you used to not let me, but I would end up in like an armbar position and you would work your escapes by letting me work the attack. So I remember one time you put me in, you let me get you an armbar 
and you defended it. Then we rolled out of it, and then you let me get an armbar again, and I finished it. And I thought it was very... I didn't understand. I was like, man, I must be the best ever. But that's not what it was. You were you were one of the first people that kind of let me do let, let me play while you were learning as well. And I, I've tried to carry that and push that through with people that I work with that have that are at lower belts. Oh, was awesome, that something yeah. that you did on purpose? Yeah. Um, like, George had a very... And, you know, I, I credit him with, like, I mean, man, we were together, like, almost for a decade, at least, right? I mean, it was a long time. And uh, he would always, like, push defense, like, defense, defense, defense. Like, good good defense was a good offense. And, and uh, you know, the Brazilians would throw, like, punches and kicks with reckless abandon because they had the defense to back it up if something went wrong and it went to the ground. Like, it was that kind of, like, mindset, you know? And then you're watching, like, these videos and seeing them fight for, like, 45 minutes. And, you know, then it was, like, defense. As long as you're defending enough, like, you'll be able to, you know? So I guess that was just the mindset. You know, it wasn't, um, you know, fast forward to Marcelo's, which is, like, not defense. Like, it's a very aggressive, like, offense. Like, get there first, finish first, be there first. Like, uh, really, really different uh, kind of aspect. But at the same time, I think you could split that into uh, fighting versus sport jiu-jitsu, right? Um, they're a little, a little different, and I think you need like good defense. It's a balance. You got to do yeah. a certain amount of balancing. But I think that's harder for people to kind of wrap their head around. Like, as you're one of the best guys in the school, student-wise, for sure. And you know, it's fun to win. But don't you think it takes a little bit of an ego hit when you're letting, you know, not letting, but a white belt taps you? You know, normally people might get upset, and then they, the next time you're gonna roll with me, you're gonna go extra hard. <laughs> and like you talk about how you were kind of bullied, and you're trying to defend yourself. I think people kind of error on the side of like, I have the power now, and now I'm gonna maybe abuse it. They're not thinking abuse it, but they're just they want to win, and it's yeah. sometimes it just sucks to just get tapped. Even I, still, I still hate getting tapped. I abuse it. Yeah, he he abuses I abuse it. it. Yeah, <laughs> my white belts. No, that's that's like food. I need to do that to feel good about myself. It's fun though. But that's that brings up a question that I wanted to ask you: Is beating up your white belts or beating up your students versus training with your students? Because there is a time for each. So I was wondering, how do you determine when is the time to beat up your student or when is the time to train your student? Because Ed will yell at me sometimes. He's like, I never let your students do that to me. What do you mean? Let them do what? Like, or no, it wasn't you. It was Dan. He's like, I oh. never let... Yeah, because I'll like... I'll give up position. I'll, if the guy, If a student's doing something really well, I'll let them work a submission. Or I just won't try and kill them all the time. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely times that I do that, Ron. But I also will let them work. So how do you determine when is time for which one? Uh, oh, uh, you just beat them up? Okay. <laughs> no, in, in, in my school, um, I, I just, I watch a lot. I listen a lot. You know, I, I try to really like hear what the student's telling me, whether it's like through body language or, or what they're physically telling me with their voice. And uh, I make determinations on that, you know, and, and sometimes like, sometimes I'll, I'll like kind of do both in a round, you know, I'll, I'll let them work, but then I'll, I'll smash them in one, one particular position, yes. you know, <laughs> but, but just, you know, cause like, I mean, that's, that's, that's how you're going to, you're going to learn it, you know, but it, it's a very like person by person basis, you know, it's hard, hard to say who, who gets what, you know. But it's both for everybody, usually, you know, um, but at their level as well, you know. So if um, like what does pushing mean, like pushing you might be different than pushing Ed and pushing Ed might be different than pushing this guy and so on, you know. So I'm, I, I try to be careful with that. Do you find as, uh, you know, you've had your school for a while and as it grows, you can't kind of micromanage everybody after you have a certain amount of students. So 
how do you convey that to the higher belts that you have when they're showing? Do you kind of direct them how to, you want to teach in a certain way or you kind of let them do their own yeah, thing? Yeah, um, we have a program. Like we, all of my coaches go through a program that I created to, to keep a, to keep everything consistent and uh, the way I want it. You know, um, it's a, it's like six hours six hours worth so you came up with it like by yourself yeah yeah training and, that's great but compiled a lot of information what i want what i don't want and uh i mean all of it's to uh how we could benefit the, the student you know i don't want to bore you with the details but yeah but i'm, I'm very like conscious of how your school's going to grow like as it grows you have to yeah and that, that even poses problems that i've been thinking about right so like um you know, at first you open up and it's like, oh, I, I got to get, you know, first you got to pay rent, then you got to pay yourself and make sure everything's all right. And then, then you get competitive, you know, like, I need the most students. I need that. And like, I think now, now this is like 10 years later, that is the worst possible scenario that you could put yourself in. Cause like, um, I, I, don't, I don't, we've had big numbers and, and like, I didn't particularly love it, <laughs> you know, like the wider you open that door, um, you might be getting people that maybe don't necessarily fit in your school. You know, I don't think there's bad students, but, but there's definitely a match between a student and a, and a teacher. And, um, sometimes like if you, if you just got like all these people coming in, sometimes that gets mismatched and it causes problems. Um, I really like to know everybody's name and, and like over 150, like I, I started to be like, uh, what's his name? You know, I'd feel terrible. Like, I, I think that's so important to know somebody's name and greet them and, and know what they're working on and how I could help them, you know, and, and the further, you know, I, I you know, 200, 300, it, it gets like, you know, now, now you have to, you have to put somebody else in that position. And, and I don't like letting the reins go like that. Cause I, I, I like, you know, I think a student's coming to me to, to be empowered in some aspect of their, of their life. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I take that serious. I want to be able to provide that for them. So sometimes like, you know, I mean, if I put another coach in that position, like now what, like now that coach is almost uh, liable for helping them, you know, and is that coach ready to do that? Is, do they know the deal? Do they know how I want it? You know, it's like, I, I need, I almost need like six or seven other me's. On the for back, sure. You know? So this is something we didn't talk to Brian McLaughlin about this, but it's something that I've talked to him about in the past. And when he needs help in the gym, he doesn't necessarily bring in more coaches or allow others to coach. He gets help on the front side or the business side, the sales side, and he stays as like the main coach yeah, on the mat. I like that. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting because now he's relying on somebody else in order to get the bills paid, but he knows and has a personal relationship with each and every student, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, that's great. And it, it's tough. I mean, even in that aspect, I mean, that could, that could go wrong on the front. Well, it could go wrong. Sure. That's why, yeah. For sure it could go wrong. It was just very interesting that he came up with the idea of doing that, and I really feel like that might be, I mean, there's definitely consequences or could be, but I really like that model. Yeah, and, and it shows that the person cares, right? So it's like, I think, I mean, that's always going to be, especially with jiu-jitsu, I think, um, is going to be problematic mixing business with with jiu-jitsu or martial arts it gets wonky sometimes it's, it's a very thin very thin razor line that you have to walk on you know um whereas other schools i mean you know the the the, the program or the look is very different you know in, in karate or or some of the some of the stand-up arts you get your black belts much faster the kids are much younger they'll work for ten dollars an hour <laughs> you're just pumping them out you know it's everybody wants to do that and like um you know jiu-jitsu is a lot more personal 
or should be i mean you know i'm sure some schools do it like like that you know i just i care a lot yeah you could definitely tell and you definitely want to stay involved with them are you teaching primarily most of the classes or do you have guys that teach like fundamentals for you we've been talking about that lately right now i i I teach over 20 classes a week Uh, um yeah, tw- over 20 classes a week at least. You know, I just started getting like a day or two off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but I, I have guys that have, um, they've been with me a long time and I, I trust them and, and I trust their their process and, and I trust how much they care as well, you know. And that takes a long time. So like, um, you know, like in the beginning I couldn't do that. And I had to be there like every day, seven days a week, every class. You know? y- Yanni's still there seven days a week. And he- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I enjoy it. You know? Yeah, of course. It's, it's fun. But now with my kids, uh, that complicates things. Yeah, you know? for sure complicates yeah. things. you got to have that balance too. That That's yeah. why you have to be able to have these trusting people to teach and then maybe hold the business. But yeah, that that's the that's the rub. Yeah. That's the problem. And we've only, you know, we've only, uh, and I'm proud of this. Like we've only produced one black belt um, so far in the 10 years we've been open. And, um, you know, now we got a couple, handful <laughs> brown belts couldn't count them on one hand and a uh, purple to follow and uh, you know but but you know that's that's what i want that's i want it to All be right. so let's go backwards a little bit no wait All right, go ahead, i go want on. to totally divert and go a completely different way go ahead do, what right? you want. do whatever you want you sound very down did you take your pills i took them and I, you're, you're diverting me from the diversions that you want to create diverting <laughs> is the way we talked ahead. about this just right? do it no clear path thank you child so you are a marcelo garcia black belt although we heard your beginning and you trained here and there and you bounced around to a bunch of schools you did get your black belt from marcelo garcia himself what number black belt are you 21 21 all right and then i was wondering because you trained to all these other schools and then went to marcelo's what was the transition like from you know i'm not saying these schools are bad but marcelo is like a top-notch high-level competition school what was the transition like coming from another school entering a school like that it was a steep learning curve and it took a long time for me to get on the track so to speak um i remember I remember going up to Marcelo, like one of the first conversations I had with him, and I talked about this in my black belt speech. <laughs> I went up to him, and like, uh, you know, I'm a shy person. I'm not, you know, you know, I don't have a big smile. I'm shaking everybody's hand. and want to meet everybody, you know. And uh, I sat there in the corner for like three months by myself. <laughs> I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know what to do. And I was just getting like beaten. Like I, you know, it was it was a rough time. But I remember. The first time he introduced himself to me and came up to me and actually like talked to me, he's like, "How's everything going?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's good, you know. I like it here." And I'm like, "It's really hard." And I was like, uh, "You know, I, I feel, you know, I almost feel like I, I got my brown belt too soon, you know." So you were a brown belt when you started going over there. Yes. Okay. So uh, he pats me on the shoulder and says, uh, "It's good that you know that, Chris." And he, <laughs> and he walked away from me. <laughs> And I knew, I knew from that moment that it was gonna be like hell to pay in the next couple of years if I wanted to a long road. Yeah, if I wanted to achieve what I was looking to achieve. He he kept me. Marcelo kept me at uh, brown belt for close to seven years. <laughs> and then how do you feel about that, Ed? It makes me feel a lot better because we've both been brown belts for four years, yeah. and there's no end in sight, which is fine. Yeah, you we're know? not in a rush. And I mean, I I, I won like I won. Uh, like the stuff you're supposed to win like uh, you know like yanni makes me feel good when he says uh he's like if you could win the new york open you know you could win the world and i won that twice and then like if you could you know it's like i i, I won all the stuff I, I tapped like really good like uh known guys like right in front of marcelo and he, he didn't even like smile at me <laughs> <laughs> he would just like look down the mat like did it you know it was just like so brutal i mean it was uh it was 
one of the toughest things mentally i mean physically you get through it you know but mentally you're just like man like well so this, it's is, not, all right, uh, this is one of the things i want to touch on i don't yeah. remember if I've, I've talked to people about this off the, off the podcast for sure the belt around your waist is what your teacher thinks and expects of you you deep down know inside you know how good you are what you're capable of but at the end of the day it's what your instructor when he he trust like you're trying to gain the trust of your students to teach and stuff the belts around their waist is what you think and believe they are capable of as long as you can keep the ego out of it of what everybody else thinks about how good you are, or what they think about the belt wrapping around your waist, that's not what matters. In your own head, you need to believe in yourself and be happy with your progression. And the belt around the waist is kind of just gravy in my eyes. Yeah. It, and, it can, you know, as time goes on, it gets less and less important uh, to important, you. Important, yeah. yeah. Um, but, it is, but it is important and it is an achievement to say that you're a Marcelo Garcia black belt because that's what he thinks of you. And that, yeah. that's important to an extent, but it's not everything. I think it's important for me because, like, you know, I mean, like, you know, going back and forth, like, business-wise, uh, you know, I'm like, man, this is going to be this is gonna be big, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be, like, one of Marcelo's black belts. And, like, everybody's going to, you know, like, like that's going to put everybody on notice. And, uh, you know, all these students are going to come and they're going to train with me now. And, and like, n- none of that happened. <laughs> no, it's just for you and your Zero. own. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <like, laughs> I remember even getting my black belt and, and like, you know, I got like half of the applause, you know, <laughs> I was like, that's right. one of the points of what I'm saying. But it's important to me. you know. Yeah, yeah, it's important to you. And that's all that should matter. It shouldn't matter about trying to make more money from it or what other people think about you. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy with your own game and what you've achieved, I mean, it doesn't yeah. really matter what anybody else thinks. And it was a lot. It wasn't all, it wasn't only the training, you know, it was like getting there and like spending time away from my family and like, uh, you know, just brutal beatings and repairing my body and like the mental anguish. I mean, it was really like that, you know, it's like I'm laughing about it now, but at the time it was so brutal. You said you promoted a black belt, right? All this jujitsu that you've done, all the beatings you've taken over there, how had, did that affect giving a promotion? Um, it was kind of, it was odd because there's all these like unsaid rules and nobody seems to know who made them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we, we wanted to do the promotion and, um, I, I I called like so many people and, and uh, again like Yanni, you know he's like listen man he's like you fought and won you won and everything there was to win and and jujitsu like besides the world probably you know and he's like um, he's like you know Marcel will give you a black belt he's like no one's gonna question you if you promote somebody you I'm know? questioning it right now who gave you the credentials <laughs> to be promoting a black belt no continue but that's the thing like no, nobody knows like who makes these rules up you know and even uh, Rich Serpa right yeah. who's like such a dear friend of mine he he uh. He's been in martial arts forever. He's like he's like um like a red or red and black belt in like karate or you know his respective art. Okay. And um we were talking about it. He's like, you know, there there's no Japanese document that says that <laughs> like a black belt has to wait like x amount of time to promote another black belt. It, it just doesn't, you know. So uh and like I I train in so many so many other things too. So it's I mean, you know, you could just pin it to like you know, he's a black belt under my my system. <laughs> Isn't that how everybody gets it? Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> you sound you sound very like wonky. It sounds wonky when you do that. No, but I don't know. I, you know, again, like because it, you know, we're we're talking about like Russ Newman, right? I mean, he's he's won everything there is to win. He's beaten every. I mean, if I held him back any longer, I mean, I, I could easily get get accused of uh, sandbagging. I mean, the guy's just like a beast competitor. He's a beast of a person. He's such a good guy. You know, he's like uh, one of my good 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 friends you know i trust him with everything and um you know he had all the qualifications like i tell my students like it's not all about uh arm bars and chokes you know um 
got to be a good person, like got to help help people. And, um, you know, if you, if you, if you're good at competition, that's, that's almost like the least, <laughs> the least credential I look for, you know, um, we actually even uh, test for our, our belts because I think you should know the art. I don't think you should just be like good at winning, <laughs> you know, cause some guys are like really good at winning and they do like two moves that aren't even like, like couldn't fight your way out of a paper bag with, you know, uh, no self-defense. And it's just like, that's not to me, that's not just like you have to, you have to know how to fight. Do your students need to know half guard? Um, as a, <laughs> he's pointing it out to me because we'll say no we'll say half half guard's like a pit stop. Half guard's a pit a stop. Pit stop. Yeah, it's not like a no. position. Whoa! position. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Ed, do you want to tell him to leave? I don't I kinda, support listen, you telling him to leave. I'm not going to like where he's headed. I'm not going to tell you to leave, but if you left right now, I wouldn't be upset about it. <laughs> Expand on that. What are you talking about? Um, half guard to me is probably one of the worst positions you could get into a fight. Go get your gear. Hold out of the on. Car. Let's go get your gear out of the car. Let's pause this right now. Did you watch Fabrizio Werdum versus Gustafsson this weekend? Yeah, but you're bringing I, up no, 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 no. That's a fight. A fight is a fight. Yeah. Did you watch that fight? I did not. Okay. Half no. guard sweep. <laughs> he did a deep half guard. Gustafsson didn't know where he was. Put both of his hands on his mat. Came out the back. Took his back. Arm barred him. Mm. Half guard is very good for well, fighting. Uh, to your point, uh, Michelle Nicolini, a deep half swept somebody in an MMA fight. Okay, so you're however, you, <laughs> go ahead. Where's the where are the you know? Well, MMA's kind of well, MMA's fighting. You just said in a fight. It is, but you know how much? I mean, how? Uh, hold on. Well, I wasn't oh, talking about MMA stop, stop, when stop, I brought stop. up he, half guard. He said fighting first of all. Now let's go to Fedor when he Never got heard knocked, of him. knocked out by Dan Henderson. Did a half guard sweep. Bumped him, made him post his hands, came out the back, bam. But that was more of a pit stop. Pit half guard stop. No, no, no. Half you guard. can't rely your whole career on half guard, Ed. Absolutely, it's time for you to evolve. No, no. Did you Beyond see half guard, Bernardo. Whole Bernardo is one guard. of my coaches. Yeah. He's All right. So you're gonna tell me pick? It's a pit stop. He makes his whole game on half guard. <laughs> but only Bernardo can do that. No, that is absolutely <laughs> not true. Too. That's he not can. true. Bernardo is like he's an anomaly with that. I mean, because you know what was funny? I, I went to I, I competed at the Worlds, and I, I flew out to California, and it, we we don't see like we don't see what's going on over there, and um and Bernardo was like happening, and he won it. You know, I I think he was in between winning the Worlds twice, right? He won mm -hmm. it twice, um, and then uh. It, it, I mean, I swear to God, it was like everybody just got his DVD and they were trying it like at the world. <laughs> it was like so odd, you know, <laughs> everybody's like going deep half. This one kid like kept going deep half and sweeping and getting up and then pulling half and sweeping. And, just to get uh, points. Just racking yeah, points. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird. But, uh, I don't, but you know, when it comes down to it, like Bernardo is the guy. Like he's the guy that could do that. And Marcelo's the guy that with single X, um, which now it has evolved right like uh now we could say like gordon's the guy with single x and x guard um but i mean it's such a lifetime of work for these guys you know and and they're doing that's their game you know you're, you're just triggering me just because my whole game <laughs> the scaffolding of my game started with half guard and obviously i still do half guard i do other obviously. things as well hold on but if i'm going to teach somebody i've done a couple privates and stuff and i've worked with people one-on-one -on -one. the first thing i show them is half guard because half guard is a very easy guard to get to. You can get there from when you're mounted, from when they have side control. You could pull half guard if you want to. You can because of your belly. It helps you get to the position. Go ahead, Chris. I call half guard the, the elephant in a chain, right? So um, you ever hear that story about like the psychology of the elephant? Like it's it's one of the biggest, power, most powerful animals in the jungle, mm -hmm. and uh, it gets it gets. Uh, like conditioned to think that just a chain and a post is is really keeping it there. So if it wanted to, it could pull out of it, but it thinks it can't. 
Is yeah. that what you're saying? So with half guard, like I show my students this, like I'm like, if you're in half guard, I'm like, what's stopping you from standing up? And everybody's like, wait, so I'm from bottom? Yeah. So if you're on no, the bottom, from, I'm in your half guard. Right. Like nothing's stopping me from standing up. On top? If I'm on top. Do you have a gear? Wait, do you have a gear? Uh, either or. You're not standing up when Ed wants you in half guard. I could stand up. You're not you standing. Stand I'm telling you, right nothing now. he holds. He has such a squeeze <laughs> on your leg. You're not standing up. And if you're Listen, wearing the this, gi, you're, he's holding on. Hold on. He's kind of walking right into this. Gustafson thought he could just stand up, and he got his back taken, and he lost. You're you're trying to get out of my position. That means I'm going to follow you and get you. Possibly, possibly. We're going to record after this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do. It. Listen, <laughs> based on what you're saying, I th also think that half guard is an underutilized position, and if done incorrectly, you could supremely get punished that's a fact yeah. and if done correctly horrible to watch very very good for stalling Ed. no 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 that's i disagree with that well keep in mind too i mean this was a, what let me slow down this is what i was going to say before about mma um we don't know we don't know the skill level right so like for doom is obviously like an accomplished yes, black belt for sure um you know you get guys that are like supreme strikers Good wrestlers, but only like a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. And this is another thing. Deep half guard, especially, is a place where if you don't play there, you don't end up there by accident. You're never going to end up there unless you play with a deep half guard player. So I think even more people should be playing deep half guard in MMA because most people never even practice there. I'd be so scared of my face getting punched. If you do deep half guard right, they're if all... If you get stuck, you're getting punched in the if face. If you get stuck, <laughs> but... If you're doing it correctly, they should be off balance the whole time and you should have them elevated so if they try to throw a punch, they're going to fall on post. You can come out the back or you can come up, roll, Jimmy style, take them down. Ed's belly will help keep you off balance. <laughs> if you are a normal build, you might be able to sit there for a minute. Have you, te have you tested it though? Have you put like have you fought with it? I don't fight. I roll in pajamas. I'm just saying based on... <laughs> no, no. I, based on he has all these opinions on something he has no interest in doing. He took his first no-gi class in three years yesterday. And how did I sweep you, please? I, deep half guard. It was a deep half guard <laughs> I don't sweep. Think you swept me. No. I got, you start no. on top. You start on top. I went to Kimura Trap. I wound up on my back, but you it did was a deep not half guard sweep, sweep. Yes, that's what it was. I would like to push deep half guard more and more. You tell me I have to fight to get my opinion across. Don't, don't push my buttons. <laughs> Is that the idiot button? That's the idiot oh button. <laughs> I wish Yanni was here right now. I, I, I believe he would back me up a little bit on this. I, I don't know. You're not he helping would. me at all. You play half guard I, all the time. Not on purpose. I go there on purpose. <laughs> and I think from a beginner's perspective, it's a it's a great what position to be say? from. From a beginner perspective, now you get me all tripped up. I love up. it. Yes. I, when I'm working with white belts, it's a great place to learn how to frame and stuff. If people are pressuring you, which this is one of the problems as well. Back when we started, there was a lot more passing on your knees, a lot more pressure passing. Now people like to stand because you know everybody's winning with standing passes, Toriandos, quick, quick, quick. Um, I think people need to learn how to frame again. When people get close to them, even if they're in side control, learn how to frame, get a, to half guard, because it's hard to close your guard around people. People don't want you to close their guard, yes. so they'll let you play half guard because they think they're passing, and then they'll pressure you, and then if you have a good frame, you can all bounce them and work. Another thing I don't... Uh, I agree. I, I agree don't with agree the framing. With um, I'm just trying to think, like, how... I, I, like, we're halfway to everything. We're both of us, right? Like, like I'm halfway to your back in top half guard. All right, so I, ju I just watched Donaher. He was talking about this, and he said it. it is. It's kind of like it's great on top and on bottom. The person that's better is going to win either spot. Like if I'm better on top and half court than you are on bottom, I'm going to win. But if you're better on bottom than I am on top, it's kind of a, a very neutral position where you could win either way if you play it right. It's like chess. It's like black and white. It's You could win from either position. But I, I still agree with George. He said 60-40 split, 60 top, 40 bottom. 
60 has guard? 60 has advantage because you have um, you have the you have the weight on your side gravity mo- on your and side. movement um, on the bottom you're, you're stuck like you're st- the ground's underneath you like the whole earth is underneath you and you have to recruit the ground to fight back but you should be on your side now I'm, I don't want to fight Ed's battle <laughs> I'm on your side Chris <laughs> you're, no you're not yeah I am you're on his you're side I'm it. on his side right, describe his side from I his want you to stop playing half guard no that's, that's not what he just said that's what he said he's, he's not teaching his students half guard it's that a he didn't say that either. That he, he doesn't wait, want you no, to get I, stuck I in. Yeah, yeah, he teaches half guard. But I'm definitely like a closed guardian. Like, that's fine for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but but uh, you know, it's once you put the gloves on and like you you know you try to pull I deep half, and the guy's like pow pow popping your face. You know, it's just you want me to come to your school and show these guys how to play deep half guard. I'll get punched in the face <laughs> no, for for, for science. I, I, no, no, I, no, for MMA. I'll come. I never done MMA in my life, and if we're gonna spar, I'll put them in deep half guard. With, if they've never been there, like against somebody higher level, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna be able to punch me. They're gonna be off balance. I love this, Ed. Let's go, and Chris. <laughs> slap jitsu challenge. Yes, yes, yes. You want to do a slap jitsu? <laughs> this is beautiful. Wait, hold on. Let's transition. What do you think about the slap jitsu? I think you should just fight. Like, it's you a, don't think of as like. How about for a white belt? You don't like white belts to fight. What if they got into slap jujitsu first on their way up, and then when they were ready to fight, still no? It's not the same. I know it's not the same, but yeah. you don't want you don't want a white belt to just jump at them. You want them to wait until they get to a certain level. You can. Uh, oh, you do? You just pick a side. No, you can. pick a side. What is he talking about? He seems wishy washy. No, he's thinking. Let him think. He doesn't no, have to make I'm a decision. I'm all about fighting. Like no gloves, no rules. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my side. But no, I'm saying. But he's for a beginner, a though, we wh- are. when yeah. would you let like all right? So a guy walks into your school. He says, "I want to fight." He's never trained anything. He's got to train jujitsu first. For how long though? Um, I don't really even entertain people fighting until blue belt. That's what I'm talking about. So now you have a white belt. As he's getting ready, you don't think a little slapping. He's not going to get hurt too bad. You put him with the right people that know how to slap. Yeah, it's, it's better off getting punched. <laughs> but with the amateur gloves on, lightly, you know. Right, but okay. Like slapping, because yeah, it's a different. We all know how lightly goes while you're training. Let's train light. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that works well. Yeah, I, no. I just, I'm just trying to question you because I've never even done the slap jujitsu, so I don't even know what but it's he's about. very interested. I'm interested in it a little bit. I mean, I feel like so... And, and that's not even the case. I always wonder, like, the rules state it has to be an open hand strike, right? It doesn't have to be a slam. So no. you could boss root in a guy and yes. break his face, but nobody ever does it. I don't know why. Um, but so let's say, okay, so you just decide to slap the guy. Everything's a hook now, you know, and it, it, it changes the whole, you know, like punches aren't going to come down like hooks all the time. You know, they're going to come straight and this, you know. Um, so you think you could force bad habits if they eventually want to go to fight? Yeah, but I don't think anyone's taking it serious. Like I, I think they just There's do for it. sure people taking it serious. You think so? Like I, I'm saying, like let me try to explain myself. Like um, I don't think people are like doing it as as a venue to as to, a transition as to go. You think to, that's the final MMA? Yeah, I don't think people are taking. it All right. So like what are your that. thoughts on that? So people that just want to like like me. Like I don't want to fight because there's a whole lot that goes into it. You can get much more hurt in a fight than a slap jujitsu thing. But slap jujitsu it brings an extra level of reality to it. What do you think about just the competitions in general? For me, like if I wanted to do that. I think you should do it in your weight class, and I'm dying to see it. They're fun. I mean, it's fun to watch, but I don't, I don't know. It's still just a jiu-jitsu match to me. I don't see any difference, you know, except for, like, Wagner that actually fights, and you could see the difference. I mean, he just, like, mounts and pummels people. Didn't he TKO someone in he the did, combat yeah. jiu-jitsu world? I believe so, yeah. So Nathan Orchard, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's the one. I should probably start watching if I'm going to argue for it. I never watched one match. But you could see there's a huge, di- like, huge difference. Huge right. difference. I mean, that uh, Wagner's obviously. Yeah, like he's... A, a fighter, you know, like in just a regular jiu-jitsu match, he's one of the most brutal people you'll ever watch. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it's like, with jiu-jitsu. There's so much. 
I love it. I mean, I, that's my, like, I love it. I, I pretty much stopped fighting just to get deeper into jujitsu, but I mean, there's a whole lot missing if you're comparing. If, All right, go ahead. Give me some stuff. What can we do to make jujitsu more accessible, more exciting? Do you think it has to be more exciting for people to get into it? So, yeah. So I think, um, Kosen judo, uh, as far as competition goes, that's the rule set. What is that? Um, you know what that is? No. So right, Kosen, judo. Kosen judo is, um, how do I simplify it? It's almost like old judo rules. So, uh, uh, takedowns with the legs are in effect. Um, you, you, you compete with the gi on. Um, so I can throw you or I can take you down with your legs. It's legal. Um, when it goes to the ground, uh, they give you longer to actually perform you know whereas in judo i mean if you stop moving for two seconds you're up um so as long as you you are moving forward on the ground they'll they'll allow it to continue as long as you're moving forward if, if i get stuck in your half guard and i'm not moving you stand right up which is good because that's going to push i have to attack i have to and you have to sweep like we're going to go at it um with the throws uh it's two two solid throws for epon not not one so that's pretty cool. You know, it's got to, it's got to happen twice. Do they give half points? Um, well, th it's kind of the, the, my first big throw on you would be my half point if I do it twice. But if you do, do they give a half point? Like if I land on my side? Yeah. So um, so then they would be like a quarter point. Yeah, those are in in effect. Um, then what else? I could pin you, but uh, which is great because if if I just if I'm pinning you, yeah, like and you can't move for twenty seconds, then you're out. Um, they'll also in Kosen Judo they break up that up into to two 10 second brackets so i could pin you once for 10 seconds and then if i pin you again for 10 seconds i'll win that's the point okay and uh submissions are live what's a pin like exactly uh, what constitutes full Just mount. Si what about pass the guard no okay. full mount side mount because katami like okay. uh, pinning your shoulders down to the mat i'd be good at that yeah you're fat <laughs> well listen my so my judo teacher uh she she said that on the battlefield like uh two samurai it would take two to kill one because of all the armor so um if one samurai got a takedown he would pin and start like yelling to signal somebody somebody come over, come over and stab and this kill. guy so she's like 20 seconds you're dead and she's like and, and that's how you have to view it i'm like okay <laughs> so, that's for sure interesting <laughs> but but i think it was like a hybrid of almost like wrestling rules like with the aggressiveness of wrestling you have judo and then it kind of takes all those stalling what's the time on like how um, long is a match it's a five minute match oh five minutes yeah well, that's good because judo is usually three right usually three yeah so it was a little longer and um and you could work you know and it was cool like can you pull guard you can, but it has to be with grips. You and can't. You cannot just. Sit. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. How about so then you could pull right into a submission or like do a flying oh, sure. arm bars. All that stuff's allowed. Um, I don't know how they viewed the flying arm lock. Okay. Only because if you flying arm lock me and I slammed you down onto the ground, that's one one like half epon point for me. Or if you triangled me and I slammed you down like shoulders. Uh, mm -hmm. flat on the back with force that's almost considered like an epon so how about if we were already on the ground from a failed throw and i rolled back into my guard and i triangle you from there you stand up because in regular judo if you stand up they restart you on your feet but now you yeah. stand up and slam me do you get a point for that or do they stop it uh i'm not sure now okay. we're getting to the tiki tacky yeah, i was just sure. curious yeah nobody listening cares i was just <laughs> curious for myself yeah no but uh, that was that was the most fun and and i i thought realistic esque rule set i've ever done and i ended up going to the hospital afterwards getting my getting my peck uh bolted back onto my arm <laughs> so now you have rank in judo right what what rank yeah. in judo are i'm you? a brown belt under uh, salita schutz and uh sensei matsumura 
Okay. And then you just brought up another topic that I wanted to talk to you about because I know that you are like the bionic man at this point. <laughs> you have trained through or worked through a lot of injuries yourself. Yeah. How do you deal with injuries and training because you are jujitsu full time? I, I, I practice yoga now and that helps. Um, I have, I think I've gotten hurt so many times that you start to know like what to expect, how's it's going to go, how is, how it's going to go down, how much rest I'm going to need, what I need to take like supplement wise, supplements meaning like, um, you know, steroids. Yeah. HGH. (laughs) Uh, No, um, the, uh, like my, my closet is like full of vitamins, like, like B and CoQ10 and this one and that one. And then you start finding like, like, um, holistic things that actually work, you know? And, um, and how much rest I'm going to need and how much I don't need and when I can get back to training. And like, I never do PT ever. And, uh, I, I, jujitsu is my physical therapy. You know, I'll, I'll just go back to training in which I'll use half guard. Um, <laughs> you kidding me right <laughs> I now. use a lot of half guard. No, uh, Cause when I, when I destroyed my knee, like I, I would lay on it to make sure that it wouldn't, you know, or if I destroy my shoulder, I'll lay on that and make sure that, you know, cause I can't move the same way. So I'll use that. You are a contradiction, uh, and I love it. You are killing me. But I still use it as a pit stop. I know a lot about it, <laughs> but I, I don't think it's... I hate when you call it a pit stop. I feel like you're spitting right That's in That's what we're going to call it from now on. We're not even going to call it half guard here. We're just going to say pit stop. Yeah, it's Go pit to stop. pit stop. Go to pit stop. <laughs> Hit the pit stop sweep. Look, it, Deep uh, pit stop. <laughs> Marcelo, he says, like, the, the... And at first, I was like, oh, my God. Um, he says the purpose of the guard is to sweep and get up. Sure. That's it. So okay. everything's be everything from the guards just become like a pit stop to me. Like we're just there for for now, and I'm gonna get up. I know, but you're you're singling out half guard specifically. If you don't think about close guard the same way you think about half guard. No, I think uh, close guard's more effective because I have my legs over your hips. Okay, but it's still a pit stop. Yeah, to me nowadays, yeah. Okay, I want to get up. And I get thought up you were time. singling out my kind of thing. He was here. singling out. He half was guard. singling out, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I he doesn't like, like half I, guard. I, he doesn't like the game you're playing. I don't like the guard. I, I, that's why I started taking <laughs> judo. I'm like, I want to. I want to be on top. Yeah, I want to. I want to wrestle this guy to the ground and be on top the whole time. Like no guard. And it, <laughs> and if I do get a no guard, I try to sweep immediately. I, I'm I'm not hanging out there. That's like, fine. Because you'll just you don't gotta hang out. I'm not telling you to hang out there. Like with all the no, examples I gave you, you. Tell me. I know. <laughs> I'm just but I'm just telling you that half guard's the best guard ever. What are you telling <laughs> him? <laughs> no, because this gets me a little worked up because uh, the Mendes brothers, I mean, they don't show any half guard. Like if you go on their website, you type in half guard, you're not yeah. going to get anything. Wow. Well, Do you, did I'm you ever sorry. try typing in pit stop? No. <laughs> Maybe they code like, it. No, no. They pass half guard. They dominate half guard. They, they, if you end up on your side, they're like, you're done. I'm on top. You're going to get past 100% because they love to be fluid and far away, and they like to keep people far away in their guards, and they feel like if you're letting people get close, I, I'm assuming this, that it's just bad for you. You want to keep people at distance. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't. I didn't know that. But, I mean, I could speak for Marcella's Academy. Um, not for them, but speak what, for I, them. what I've experienced. <laughs> um, Marcelo plays Marcelo's game, and that's it. And and Marcelo's game is, is built around shutting down other games right so um i remember <laughs> i remember asking him i was like hey marcel i'm like can you show me uh, what were you telling me like when i was in like spider guard or something and he's like i'm like i was supposed to get under the guy and he's like yeah you know you just gotta get under the guy i'm like yeah i, I know but how <laughs> and he's like so he looks at me dead in the face and goes he's like i don't know he's like ask marcos he's like i, I always beat that game <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that really helps me <laughs> out. <laughs> I guess I'll go ask Marcus. 
<laughs> you know, but he's so adamant about what he does and, and he does it so well and, and, and it's so refined and, and he's pretty much selected. Uh, this is my perception. Like he's selected the one or two things that work for him in each position. And that's what he does. And he, he said that too. Chokes. He likes chokes. Yeah. Guillotine. That's rear it. naked. And that's but not even. I mean, forget chokes. Like, what's the common denominator between his guillotine, his rear naked choke, his north south choke? He's just he's seeking the neck at all times. So it's really just one thing: getting attacked from different angles. Um, but all these things help my mindset change. Salida's the same way. Uh, we've had discussions about judo. She's like, you you need two throws, like two solid throws that you're actively seeking at all times, and then whatever else happens happens. So th that's what I do now. I, I I'm looking for very specific things, and if half guard happens. It happens. Pit stop. <laughs> well, all right. I'm the opposite of you where half guard's my kind of main thing right now. And if other things happen, they happen. Yeah, yeah. But that, I think it should simplify like that, especially for me. My, my, my brain, like, you know, it gets like I, I, I always make the analogy of like I feel like I'm Dorothy, like looking out the window at the cow flying by in a tornado. <laughs> you know, there's just like too much, too much to think about. I, I need to narrow it down. So when are you going to start playing lapel guard? Oh, wow. you're making faces on that now? Man, you're really poo-poo no, on these look, guards. I can appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, I had a guest at my school um, uh, maybe a couple months ago, and uh, he was playing it, and it, it was hard to decipher, you know? But then the whole time, I'm like, man, if I could just punch this guy in the face, it'd be over right now. <laughs> you know? I, that's, that's always in my mind. Hang on. You could know? you tell me the name of your school again? My uh, Sakura Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, one more time? Sakura Jiu-Jitsu. Not Sakura MMA? No. Hmm. No. Interesting. <laughs> Wait, do you, you train fighters specifically? Like I to do. fight? Yeah. Like, no, but his mentality is if oh, I could just punch you in the face right now, but his school is Sakura Jiu Jitsu, but that's not what, Sakura MMA. That's so what Jiu Jitsu was, was. I mean, it's I was, changed so I much. I was yeah. just bringing up yet another contradiction. <laughs> that's, that's my Jiu Jitsu. Pit stop Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> I mean, think about, think about the time when we, st we started. You know, you started a little bit after me, right? Yeah, it was just yeah. a little after you. I but, remember uh, you choking me to death when I started. <laughs> but we were, I mean, we were, we were getting right. I mean, you know, we used to have guests. I was one of the like enforced mad enforcers. You know, it's just like. So you're playing. You're kind of. You're still playing that old. Like back in the day, it was much more rugged and rough and raw. And now it's becoming more points based. And like that's how lapel guard happens because it's based on sport jujitsu. So you're trying to stay kind of away from that and more towards the the fighting aspect, the self defense. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm trying to stay away from it because again, I appreciate it, and I have guys that that um, they compete regularly um but you know i, I found like uh, marcelo's again like I, I found myself using i, I don't i don't want to like sound like i'm poo-pooing on anything i want to um, hear it. poop on it i I've, I've found my like i learned a lot there for sure but like my foundation was my foundation and that, that can't change um and my foundation was very like you'd call it like gracie jiu-jitsu right like self-defense closed guard you know and um so i i feel like even 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 at black belt i found myself using my like my jujitsu the things that i've selected over the years um and just kind of like intertwining it with marcella's game like like you know i d definitely developed like a little bit of a single x or an x guard you know just kind of through osmosis of being there but but i was using my jujitsu to to fight against like the guys that came up with Marcelo that were using that exclusively. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so sense. So like my foundation never changed. And then uh, to make matters worse, I meet Dan Koval, who who like I don't care. King what, of the closed guard. I don't right? care what guard you know. If you get in his closed guard, you're you you 
will be deceased there. <laughs> That's where your life will end. I mean, he's just so good. And, and he's, he's the guy, you know, he's the guy like Gene Dunn. He's another guy like the jujitsu judo hybrids, you know, like who I always thought were the toughest guys like that that's who i always expect judo guys are to the toughest that's yeah. a tough rough sport well, i call that the, i call that the samurai black belt like because it's bringing like judo and jujitsu were one at one time right mm -hmm. so it's almost like to have the the true black belt you need the two if you have the if you have a black belt in judo as well as jujitsu that's that's the true art to me so here's a question that i have written down it's actually judo versus jujitsu if either of them really are the gentle art, which one would that be? Cause it's definitely neither. So <laughs> yeah, neither. Um, oh man, no, neither. Tai Chi is a gentle art, but neither. Aikido could be a little gentle, right? Like, but not jujitsu or judo, but judo is definitely in more that order. <laughs> judo is more rough. Like you're right, going to get referred to as a gentle art. It's definitely not. Gentle. Are you coughing the coronavirus all over this place? <laughs> no, I actually got a kitten. <laughs> I'm like deathly afraid of so I might as well have called uh, the kitten COVID but like injuries and that's what I'm afraid of like yeah judo is cool but I'm not going to train it it's rough it's a rough sport it is uh, but on the same token I mean I've been thrown by Salita and it felt like I got thrown into a bag of feathers I mean it's just so clean and like the yep. timing She's really good. Imagine Ed trying to throw you and he lands on your knee wrong. There's been a couple of doozies, you know, and, and like, you know, she doozies. just looks at you and tells you to get up. <laughs> that's it. I remember one time this giant man, like he's like some giant Russian. He was on top of me and, and he pinned me. And like, um, if you ever want to test your toughness, no, not toughness, your technique as far as like escapes go. Oh, okay. Get, get pinned by a judoka and try to get out. You won't, but you could try. And like, cause again, it's like the simpleness of it, right? Like that, that person has been training to pin you in the whole 10, you Me know, too. I've been training to pin. <laughs> so it's, it's extremely difficult to get out. Hagen Dazs training to pin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Judah's, Judah's rough, but I, I remember like getting pinned and, uh, and, uh, I tapped, like I was getting, I was getting, um, diaphragm, like what, what is that called? Kesagatami diaphragm. Like that diaphragm choke kind of. Like, oh, the boss, the boss rooting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, would... and I tapped. And and uh, uh, Sensei Salida walked over and she was like, "Don't ever tap the pressure." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." <laughs> but that was the last time I did. I mean, you could survive. It's just mentally, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, I mean, it's not like you're going to sleep, but you're you're being suffocated. I mean, it's a very different kind of choke, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think like um, I, I pretty much only pretty much only train judo now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love it so much. Like it, it's put that on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I you know like because I mean the Nawaza part of it, uh, I feel like really lends itself well to to fighting. Do you know what that means, Ed? No. Oh my God! <laughs> I know half guard. Nawaza <laughs> is half guard. Half guards and okay, that's where it lies. So we're gonna about wrap this up here. I want to hear about what you think about the future of jujitsu, your part to play in it, and what you got. What do you think the future is gonna be, and what do you want the future to be? Uh, I think that I think eventually there'll be a hybrid uh, rule set, which will kind of overthrow the IBJJF, IBJJF eventually. Okay. I think it's being played with right now, but nobody's... We're for sure pushing that. Like, all the rules changes that we want, you know, it, it kind of leans towards more judo standing. Like, it has to have more judo. Yeah. No backing up. Because yeah, yeah, people yeah. just back out of bounds and then restart, back out of bounds, restart. I hate that. Like, almost like a wrestling jiu-jitsu hybrid. Uh, yes. I think it'll go there. I think it is going there. I mean, mm -hmm. like, jiu-jitsu has definitely been changing into a lot more stand-up wrestling. So what, what do you want for your jiu-jitsu judo future? 
for the next 10, 20 years. I just, I, I want to get my black belt in judo. That's definitely on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to teach like good self-defense. I always say like my, one of my goals is I never want a student to look at me and say they got into a fight and couldn't handle it. Mm. That's like law for me. Um, and I, you know, I don't have any, like, I just enjoy teaching and I love what I do and I love like fighting and I love the art of it. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to be like an internet superstar. I don't want to be like the guy, the coach, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's all like, why? It's like ego stuff. Why? To get more students. And again, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't necessarily want more students. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't want like this big mega academy, you know, it's just not right for me. So, uh, you know, I, I just want to do things the right way. I guess that's, that's the most important to me. Well, that's a, something that's opinion based, right? So I like your opinion. You can keep your opinion and send all your overflow to me. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Hey, it's it's like a marriage, right? I mean, you, you can't, you're, you're with the person you're with because the other ones didn't work out. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes. Sometimes you're not the right coach for somebody. And sometimes they're not the right student for the coach. I mean, it goes both ways, you know? That so, sure does, yeah. So you can't, you'll never, you'll never ever do it. Like um, that whole thought process of, I'm going to sign up everybody. No, no, no I was not. just kidding when I said that. No, not you. Oh, like, no, not no, but Dave I mean. Ross, but um, that, that you, you know, as well as I do, like that goes on, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to sign up everybody. Sure. I'm going to be the guy. No, you're not. Like never. And your existence, will you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I've come to terms with that, which is great. I love your mentality, and for sure, I share a lot of the same things you do. And one of the reasons we started this podcast is to spread that kind of mentality throughout and have you know good people. You know, we'd love to train with you. You know, this is all starting to open up again. Yeah, thank you. We'll come thank down you. and do some pit stops. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. So just plug your school, what you're doing, and where people can find you. We have a brand new, beautiful academy that just opened up again. <laughs> like, um, uh, on in uh, Rockaway, New Jersey, on Route 46, it's called Sakura Jiu Jitsu. Everything we have: uh, website, sakurabjj.com, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. It's all Sakura BJJ across the board. All right, Chris, thanks again. We'll oh yeah, thank you up. for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. And that's the episode. Keep the mic in front of your face. No, I was what doing the matter with it? I was doing a thing with it. No, because now I'm going to have to sit here in front of the computer and equalize that. Yeah, right. Don't turn your head. Keep the mic right in front of your face, or I'll do to you what you did to Gary that I never talked about. What'd you do? I, you pushed the mic right into Gary's face while he was talking. He's got to do it right. I know, but I laughed, and we never even <laughs> talked about it in the outro. I wanted to tell people what I was laughing at. Well, tell people about this episode what do you guys think whose side are you on chris's or sweaty daddy's sweaty daddy sweaty eddie daddy i don't like this we have to come up with a different name for you i think pit stop ed <laughs> that's what we're gonna call Can you we at least put a sweaty on the front of the back of that sweaty stop ed <laughs> that really defines you you're sweaty and you stop rolling mid-roll you just hold on so now that you guys have heard every, all the arguments let me just say after the podcast, I you know I hung out with Chris after Dave had to teach his kids class, and then the kids class is over. Me and Chris were talking for an hour. We didn't realize it. Then we step back on the mats, and Dave's like, "Hey, Chris, how about staying for class?" He was still here. He stayed throughout the entire kids class. You guys were still outside talking, so of course you, he's here. He mentioned that he always has a gi with him, so I invited him to train, and he was uh, gracious enough to stay and train. But he had to be somewhere at a certain time, so we couldn't take the whole class. So, Dave, what did you do? Oh, I don't know. What did I do? You had an open mat for the first half oh, hour. No, that's instead. what I did. Yeah, 
Very generous of you. So, Chris and I rolled first round, my best round. And Chris shut down Pit Stop Eddie. He absolutely did not. He did exactly what I said. He put his hands on the mat. Sweaty Daddy came out, put two hooks in, and had his back. What? When did that happen? What do you mean? I took his back the first round, and the second round I also swept him with a deep half-guard sweep. Two rounds, two half-guard sweeps. He could not stand up because Daddy had a hold of his hips. I do not remember any of this. You are not going to do this right <laughs> now. I also remember you rolling with him. Did you do anything uh, specific in your role? I tapped out a lot. He was pretty tough on me. He beat me up. Not true at all. Dave also used my patented pit stop guard. I was not happy about it. I was not trying to play half guard. He almost passed, and it was the only thing left. I wanted to play De La Hiva. I was trying to play collar sleeve, but he shuts that down really well. So you did half guard, and he did On didn't. accident. Well, he couldn't stop it. It doesn't matter. I'm not happy about it. I don't want you to be right. Listen, anybody that thinks that I'm wrong still, even after hearing my story about how I used it successfully, come see me. I am located at CoreBJ. You can follow them at CoreBJJNJ on all social medias. Also, they have a website, CoreBJJNJ.com. If you would like to test out my half guard, I will be here every day waiting for you. That was so organic. It actually sounded scripted. I'm so proud of you. He is not holding a piece of paper. He did not prepare that. Can I tell you why? Tell me because why. Because half guard is my life in jujitsu. All I know right is now. half guard. And when you're going to come at me and say it's not real or it's not even a real guard, it's a transitional thing, oh, I can just get out of it anytime I want, I get so angry. I need to prove myself right. My ego starts taking a hold of me a little too much. And now I'm going to go around and only do half guard just to rub it in every person who doubts its face. Uh,. Dominica, he has those crazy eyes right now. <laughs> By the way, it's not coming out today, but it today is Dominica's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Dom the Bomb, your mom. Is that what it is? I can't remember <laughs> what it is. I just start typing it in and it comes up. I did send her a happy birthday message. And for everybody that did not get to see those crazy eyes, when you come in here, talk smack on Pit Stop. And you'll see the crazy eyes oh, for you sure. For sure, we'll see them. And make sure you get me on my first round because it's my best round. But even if you catch me on my fifth round, I will still be playing half guard. Now, you keep talking about half guard, live half guard, life half guard, half guard, half guard. You're more well rounded than that, though, because you've improved my De La Hiva guard significantly, which I don't want to give you any credit for. So thank you, Yanni, for all of that. But and you're the passing. You keep saying half guard, half guard, half guard. You're pretty well rounded, Ed. No, but I pa I force people in half guard on bottom too, and I pass half guard on top. That's what I like to do. You've not put me in half guard in a very long time. Over under it technically is half guard. You haven't passed my guard even. <laughs> you're kidding me. <laughs> Ed did train Nogi the other day, and I scared Ooh, the life out of him. It was scary. If I roll with Dave ten more times, Nogi, he for sure would leg lock me. But. Know this, Dave could never get me in a submission above the waist. That's, That's not fact. true. That's what a happened fact, earlier in the round. Oh, that guillotine wasn't close. The leg was close. You had my legs trapped for a second. Yeah, I thought my leg was going to snap when you tried to run away. <laughs> 300 pounds running the opposite direction while in the total leg entanglement. I was scared. Well, I'd like to thank Rob for the music because that motivated me to get away from there. Were you listening to the music at that time? In my head, yes. We should put that on a loop in the gym. Rob's music. <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> that would get annoying. Any song would get annoying. But I like it. You know, I used to listen to Howard Stern. The intro music would pump me up because I used to like the show so much. I feel that our intro music is starting to do that to me now because I still listen to our podcast six or seven times a week. Good. That's going to make you better. And it increases our numbers. <laughs>
<laughs> I am the only listener. That's not true. It's me and Ed's dad. Well, if you'd like to tell anybody about the podcast, you can follow us at To The Death Podcast on all social medias, and you can go to our website, tothedeathpodcast.com. We also have a link tree with all the links. We have a YouTube with some clips. We will be doing more YouTube content in the future. I know we keep saying that, but it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And just so you can see how dedicated Ed is to HalfGuard, if you go to our link tree on our social media, or if you know the link tree, I don't know what it is, you just go to the link tree, you can click right on Ed's match when he was a white belt in 2009 using the same sweeps he uses today. That's true. It is not smooth at all. It's very stiff, but the I, same, it's the same it thing. is today. Not smooth. Very stiff. One day you'll improve. I am definitely improving. I could feel the improvement. You can't feel it? No. Okay. Well, it's happening. because I feel my improvement. I'll let you know how it goes, because I'm going to go to Chris's school. I'm going to roll with his students. He's got a bunch of brown belts, and I'll let you know how it's going. We're in a vacuum right now. It's me, you, Kyle, and Dan. So we just roll each other over and over and over again. So we know our game so well, we kind of hit these stalemates, I think, a little more than you would with a brown belt from a different school, because they don't know you at all. You understand? So do you think that being in the vacuum is good for you or bad for you? I think it's great for you, but I think you need to step out of the vacuum every so often just to, to see a different perspective. <laughs> that's what the, we're having t-shirts made and they're not saying to the death podcast on them they're saying perspective with an exclamation point <laughs> maybe we'll do it like spanish before perspective it'll be the exclamation point upside down and after it'll be the exclamation point the proper way because that's what you do in espanol sounds like cultural appropriation to me white boy i'm allowed to cultural appropriate <laughs> for Spanish because I married a Dominican. Well, I also married a Spanish and I have a little a Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> I got a little Spanish <laughs> in me. So, yes, maybe we will do those shirts. How about we talk about what's coming up next week? We just recorded a podcast with, are we saying who it is? Say it. With an old training partner of mine, also the man responsible for me marrying my wife. He just kind of introduce us Kemmel Verhoeven I'm pretty sure it's right I just don't know if I have the right accents or whatever for a Dutch name yeah I'm excited for you guys to hear this is our first international guest and now we are officially gonna be a worldwide podcast because we're in Europe now and that's actually something very interesting that I wanted to talk about, Ed. And I didn't even make a note. Thank you for reminding me. All right. If you've looked at our... You people don't know what I'm talking you about. You people. But if you've looked at our analytics, we are really growing in Australia. Are we? Yeah, we're really <laughs> growing in Australia. Who's in Australia? So, I don't know. We have a lot of downloads from Australia. <laughs> so if any of our Australian listeners are gym owners and would like to send an email to to the death podcast at gmail.com if you train in australia and you want to reach out to your instructor and let them know about the podcast we would love to have somebody from australia on that's great i'm really curious though how are things going in australia with the coronavirus are you guys open is the virus i'm sure i could google it you could definitely google it but i want to know from someone in jiu-jitsu from their perspective their standpoint <laughs> I don't want to say perspective ever again. I want to know if it's robust and if there's a plethora of training going on. So please, anyone from Australia, reach out to us and let us know. Uh, that's all I got. That was nice. <laughs> perspective. Upside down, exclamation point. Perspective, correct way, exclamation point. That is our t-shirt. Uh, you're the merch man, so let's get on it. I never sent the email to that guy. I know. You, should just, you said the perspective thing on the back of the shirt, right? 
No, that was just going to be the shirt. No, we get the logo on the front, and then we get the perspective on the back. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, let's wrap this up. We'll see you guys next week. This is To The Death Podcast. Episode 16. <laughs>